0: Rock Salt Radio. Be
1: afraid also, tremendously afraid, for the
2: day of reckoning is upon us.
1: Broadcasting from within our six feet social
0: distance.
2: Well, yeah. mm-hmm. well me and the Lord. We got an understanding. We're on a mission from God.
1: Yeah, man, on a mission from God. It's Aaron and Dave today. No Patrick. And maybe Jermaine will jump in a little later. Putting the band back together. Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God. Not that we uh, forgot about Jermaine. We we love Jermaine. Matt, me and Elwood, putting the band back together. Ma'am, got to understand that this is a lot bigger than any domestic problems you might be experiencing. Would it make you feel any better if you knew that what we're asking Matt here to do is a holy thing? You see, we're on a mission from God. Hey, Aaron, you know that Jermaine... He's one sexy beast. Then <laughs> you lied to me about the band. Now you're gonna put me right back in the joint. They're not gonna catch us. We're on a mission from God. I've been thinking about buying some new microphones, Aaron. I think I'm gonna have them in time just for you to move. <laughs> well, I can take these with me. No. You <laughs> know. Okay. I gotta buy my own now. Yeah, these are being sold to rivers. <laughs> oh, I see.
3: Hit it. Well, we might be neighbors, so. Uh, oh
1: well, then maybe he can always sell them to you.
3: Yeah.
4: <laughs> Lord works in mysterious ways.
1: Yep. Strike so got the bands out. Uh.
3: Also, Brian from Dead Sin is uh, coming on the show I was going to
1: say, the band this week, Aaron. Dead Sin.
3: Uh, (laughs) Brian, they have a new single. It's been out for a little while, Vapor,
1: and so... uh, Well, they had to be on all the other shows before they came to ours. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) There's a pecking order, Aaron. Best for last. At least that's how I want to think it. You go ahead and think it that way. (laughs) Um,
3: So, so, I've been gone for a couple weeks. Well, Uh, you know... I, I I went to it and uh, you did a dead man. You did, and uh, I, meant to, really I meant to I meant to
1: tell you, uh, I wanted to throw in a theory song today. Can we do a theory song right out of this break?
3: Can you can you think of one we can play on this show? Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's called Echoes. Echoes. Okay. And uh, it's it's a, the video. I love the video. That's what got me into the song. It's it's all about. Being able to go back and do it over and do it right, um, the song is more about all the things that he's done wrong, and it echoes in his head in a relationship. So, uh, it's a good it's a good song, and it, yes, we can play it. He told a joke during. He
3: goes, he goes, uh, when my wife's sad, I have her uh, um, lean, lean on my shoulder. Uh, I, I, I let her color on my shoulder. <laughs> so she has a shoulder to, to crayon. To crayon. Because <laughs> he's got tattoos. The lead singer of, of Theory of a
1: Dead Man has got a lot of and, tattoos. Yeah, yeah.
3: And, and, and when he said the joke, everybody goes, oh. Yeah. He goes, I'm sorry, dad joke.
1: Yeah. That, well, you know, and uh, what I think that says for him is uh, how much he's maturing because the joke that he told the last time we saw him, <laughs> we can't tell.
3: Yeah, he told <laughs> another joke, and I, I forgot what it was, but we could tell that one too. Um, they were they were clean. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's because skillet was there. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe John. They didn't edit their music, though. That's maybe, for sure.
1: Maybe John and Terry had a little influence on him. Maybe. Maybe.
3: You know, I tell you what, Skillet was much more energized than I've, uh, when I've seen him in the past. Which, you know,
1: know, I was thinking about this. I was watching a Skillet video the other day and uh, watching Terry just, you know, jump all around like she does. And I thought to myself, you know, these guys are my age. They're our
3: age, Aaron. Oh, yeah. When Terry said they've been touring for like 20 years, I'm like, man, they yeah,
1: they're around our age. Yeah, they're, well, I, I know that Skillet, those guys in Skillet with the exception of Seth and, and Jen, yeah, uh, those guys, that couple in Skillet, yes. <laughs> you might know them as the Coopers, yeah. um, they're our age. And um, they've been doing this a long time. And and I am always impressed by somebody my age that can jump around. I mean, what did I say when we went and saw Rick Springfield? That dude's 70. Yeah. I was like, wow, would you look at him? <laughs> I mean, you might have thought I was gay that night. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he had, was, women, he had women yelling
3: at him, take off his shirt. Yeah, I was uh, gay for no, Rick Springfield. And no, <laughs> one, and no one is asking me. No. Not, my wife goes, put it back on, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, but I want to get back to the, I always love the one part. And when I've seen Skillet is he walks over to his wife and plants one on her. Oh yeah. that's just, And that's she great. seems to
1: get embarrassed every time. Yes. It's like awkward.
3: Yeah, but she knows it's coming. <laughs> you just don't know when. And then I had an opportunity, uh, me and my buddy Frank went and saw um, Greta Van Fleet. The band that says they don't sound like Led Zeppelin, but sounds a lot like Les Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> sounds L- exactly
1: like Led Zeppelin. Yeah.
3: In fact, there were a lot of people wearing the old 70s. Led Zeppelins. Yeah. The young kids and stuff. Yeah. And uh maybe in the old guy, there there was young girls that were wearing hardly anything at all. The old guy is not thinking, well, they look good. Uh the old guy me, man, they're gonna be cold walking back to their car tonight. <laughs> That's the, the old guy. But they were very good, huge stage. Um, I sent some pictures to you. Um, kind of a old retro look far as their lighting and Damn. all that it was it, it was great it was a great i i you know they're only two albums in i don't know if they'll ever do a big tour like this again but um two it, albums in what are you talking about they're only i think two albums that's all they have who greta oh greta
1: i, th- I was greta, thinking greta. skillet no, sorry greta,
3: yeah uh skillet's got uh, uh they can play all mine if they played all their stuff right greta played 14 songs and uh they were good though good. i mean their guitarist is phenomenal I mean, he's really good. And you know what? Seth did a, uh, for Skillet, did a, like a little guitar solo too that night. And I know you talk about how good he is. Well, and I how hear some.
1: underrated. He I, is. I don't, um, see, this is where I'm going to pull back the curtain. And okay. I, I really, not that they're going to ever hear this. Yeah, who knows? They might, but I doubt it. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not talking down about uh, the Cooper's performance. I lump them both together, but, uh, just watching and knowing the little bit I know about guitars. Um, uh, Terry, that's her name, right? Terry? No. What's her name? His wife? Yeah. I think it's Terry. Is it Terry? Go ahead. Yeah. I have to look at that up. But Mrs. Cooper, um, uh, does a lot of jumping around on stage and that's awesome. And I love seeing it and she's all into it and everything. On the guitar, she's um she's playing chords and she's making a lot of noise, and that's awesome. Okay. Seth, on the other hand, is doing the technical, he's doing the heavy lifting, and um, he's a really good guitar player. Uh, I won't put him along the lines of saying Eddie Van Halen. Corey Cooper. Corey Cooper, thank you. Um, I knew somebody named Terry Cooper, that's why it kept popping into my head. Um, Crazy attorney, by the way. If you want to check out some funny stuff, I'll tell you sometime about Terry Kaiser Cooper. She was a mm, very interesting person. Anyhow, um, the uh, um, Corey Cooper jumps around, plays her chords, makes a lot of noise on stage. That's her job. She's great at it. Seth doesn't do a lot of jumping around. Why? Because he's working all that you know what i mean he's doing the heavy lifting he's doing the musical part he's the mcmars in the band um you know while the rest of motley crew gets to run around and make all the noise he gets to do a lot of the work jen does a lot of the work too okay uh they all it's a great band they all do a lot of the work they all have their role to play in it but musically musically on the instruments. For me, the band is uh, Jen and
3: Seth. And a bonus for all us music fans, uh, they talked about, I guess in the fall, them putting the same tour back together and doing it again. They had so much fun.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So maybe I'll go to see it this time.
3: Yeah, they had 26 uh, dates. And I would tell you, I know you're not a big fan of crowds. It was a sold-out show. I was on the floor and... I had room to go. Yeah, it looked like, you had
1: a, you looked like you had a bubble around you.
3: Yeah. And so, again, if you wanted to be up front, yeah, you were shoulder to yeah, shoulder, 50 um, something like me. Yeah. Um, I'm backing away and, and still, still a good view. Uh, and again, uh, a lot of security around. So everybody just had a great time, no problems. Uh, Hard Rock uh, does a great job here in
1: Sacramento. Um, I recommend the venue. Yeah, it looked like a cool place. Yes. Um, you know, that night, uh, well, that day I was all excited to go. I was going to go. And then when I went, when you said we hadn't gotten tickets yet, I was like, ah, okay. And then I. this is the part that sucks about getting older for me is, uh, you know, the later it gets in the night, I go, you know what? I've seen both those bands several times. I think I'm going to enjoy a night at home. Um, and I do that more and more and more. <laughs> with each year so um i probably if they if they come around again that tour comes around again i'll I'll probably go to that yeah i'm looking i'm looking for other shows up there that i want to go to because
3: it was a great venue i had a great time yeah uh, up there and so if there's a show up there um diana ross is coming i've never seen her diana Uh, Ross is she still alive yeah she's still out there i just uh I don't know. But, I don't know uh, how good like that this. show's gonna be. You you just said you announced uh Volbeat and Hailstorm were coming oh, together. That's gonna yeah, be a great show. Yeah, I, I kinda think that's this one fits thirty five hundred. I kinda think that show is probably up you know, past that. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I, say I it's i am
1: I'm gonna say it's more of a five to seven thousand yeah. seater. And we just don't have that here. Yeah, there's nothing mid size like that. It's either, you know, uh, two, three, four thousand or you know 1220 uh and i don't know what uh, what's the golden one 45 around there golden one uh about 17 18 with oh 17 i thought it was now. like 45000 no 17 18 huh thousand yeah okay so, so that's like the biggest place here 17 yes. 18000 so yeah. yeah you're not going to get over 20000 people no so um unless you do it in the park like aftershock does the um I forgot where I was going with this. Oh, the the that tour, the Volbeat tour with Hailstorm. It's definitely a five or seven thousand. So I I think you'll end up seeing it go to the Live Nation amphitheater type stuff where they sell off the you know the ten dollar. general admission tickets. Yeah, it is a, a summertime tour. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, they Which by the way, states. By the way, I mean, uh, I'm gonna go see that Leonard Skinner ZZ Top thing and i i sometimes look forward to those cheap seats in the ga lawn area above everybody else because um i i have a bubble around me i don't like to be around a lot of people and i get to just you know i get to find my space but yeah i just sometimes it's cool to hang out and just talk to people and it's a little more festival like i guess at the place we
3: sat for uh, Greta Van Fleet, the seats around us weren't filled, and so uh, me and Frank, kind of, you know, we're bigger guys. So you guys are bigger guys. Yeah, we kind of. Uh, did he uh, Did a- he lose his keys? No, he <laughs> didn't lose his keys. <laughs> no, and so actually, he forgot what night the show was. So I call him and I'm like, uh, Frank, uh, where are you at? He's like, It's tonight. <laughs> And so he did Uber. He, we missed. He missed two songs of Rival Sons, which I do recommend. They're. Um, I've heard they're really good. They're. They're touring with. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins, I think. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, yeah. That's where I heard that they were really good. Yeah, and, and and you're gonna enjoy them, Dave. I'm not going to that show. I will be um, on vacation, out of the area. But um, and, and you'll enjoy them. And so, but this is a. I'm going to go see Janet Jackson. We're going to go uh, see. You're uh, going to
1: love Janet Jackson. Yeah, she puts
3: on a great show. Yeah. I've um, seen her. Uh, we're going to go see uh, Rob Zombie. And uh, uh, I'm not totally excited about that, but Alice Cooper's on tour with them. I'm, I'm excited about seeing Alice Cooper.
1: Yeah, you Alice know. Cooper does a great show. Uh, no John Five with Rob Zombie. So I'm no. a little interested to see where it goes with that. But, um, but speaking of, oh, yeah. Uh, you hear what's going on with Motley Crue? No. I'll make this really fast. Okay. Okay. Um, when I when I see these uh, articles about, uh, oh, this band member's fighting with this band member or, the, you know, stuff like that, I immediately go to, oh, yeah, that's a publicity stunt. Uh, most of the times I'm right. So the first thing I saw was uh, uh, Mick Mars left Motley Crue, right? John 5 came in, and everybody, everybody said the same thing. Uh, Totally understand. Mick has a debilitating disease. Going on tour and standing on stage for two and a half hours a night or whatever it is, is really hard for him to do and painful. So John 5, we all know John 5. He's a great guy. Uh, Fits right in. Great guitarist. Then Mick came out and said that he was suing Nikki and Motley crew because they were bad mouthing him and he wanted his cut of that tour. And I guess they felt they didn't know it to him or something like that. I don't know. I haven't seen it, but there's a lawsuit there. And then, uh, there's, um, um, another dude that came out and announced that he's the new lead singer of Motley crew and Vince is out. And I went, Hmm, this is really getting interesting now. <laughs> um, It's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. But um, my personal feelings, it's not Motley Crue. You're missing half the band. Yeah. I could have given up Mick or I could have given up Vince. But you can't give up both. So um, Vince, though, man, his days, his best days are behind him on stage. Just true. Just fact. Yeah, Yeah, like David Roth. Yeah, Yeah, David Lee Roth's best days are behind him. You know, and uh, uh, let let the young rockers who are coming up, uh, let this be a lesson to you that um, certain rockers that you may dislike right now or call them old fogies or whatever, certain rockers like Michael Sweet and Ted Nugent and Sammy Hagar did not party. They all talk about it. They didn't party. They took care of themselves and Ted Nugent he that dude's like 72 or something like that. He looks like he's 50 uh, Sammy Hagar. He's finally looking to like he's aging and that dude's uh, I think in his mid to late seventies and he looks like he's 60. Um, it, it's a good life. Michael sweet. I'm not even going to talk about how he looks just how he sounds. Still got his voice.
3: Yeah, it's. And I can't, you know, they're coming in June. I haven't totally decided if I'm going to go or not. But um, if I do go, it'd be a great time um, to see them. And he is definitely taken care of his voice. Yeah, um, he'll I- he'll tell you that the, the 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 guitar hands don't move as like they used to. Yeah, but, you know, again, that's understandable.
1: Well, you I know. mean, even even losing your voice as you get older is understandable. What yeah. I'm what I'm getting at because uh, I I know that well, I don't know. I I think that Michael uses some some backing tracks to help him, not actually do the work for him, but to kind of help him and accentuate it.
3: Well, he's singing it like in two or three. I think he's yeah. still doing some solo stuff. He's doing Striper. Um, he just came out. Uh, Sweet and Lynch have a new
1: album yeah. coming out in another month. Yeah, um, but. Uh, <laughs> Look, I've seen Vince a lot of times. That's Vince. He can't sing anymore. He can't. My opinion is because he partied too much. Partied too much. I probably would have done the same thing because when you're 20, you're invincible. And, uh, he had, and he had a lot of money too. Yeah. So, you know, I, I here's what I think Vince or Nikki should do because it's his band. Here's what I think Nikki should do. Uh it's not Motley Crew. Just call it the crew. Just call it the crew. Because it's not the Motley Crew anymore. It's the crew. Yeah. Yeah. That
3: that sounds a good suggestion. Uh,
1: it's not a, you know, it's it, it's I don't want to call it a tribute band. It's not a tribute band. It's not a cover band, but it's not Motley Crew either. It's not the original band. That's true. All right there oh, we go man. oh well oh, that gosh. must be the timer let's wrap yeah. it up here we got a big show ahead of you talking about a lot of um, hot topics yeah and um
3: Brian from dead Sand
1: drops by yep and so, we'll talk about their new single so all right well let's do that theory of a dead man uh it's called echoes it's rock salt Musecast experience
0: hello everyone this is Chris from the last trumpet you're listening to rock salt Musecast experience with Dave and Aaron
1: RockSalt MuseCast Experience, Air Dave, solo today. Yes. All right. Sort of solo. Uh, we got our good friend uh, Brian from Dead Sin on the line. What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Good.
3: Doing well. So how's the weather in, in uh, Fort Worth today? Is it
2: nice? It's it's a little cold, actually. Wow. It was about 34 this morning. Any hail? So- uh, that was a couple of days ago. We had some pretty good-sized hell. Uh, luckily, it missed my area. But, uh, yeah, that's actually what I worry about, you know, in this area of the country. Yeah, we'll get tornadoes, but, man, it's the hell. That yeah. happens a lot I got more a, than tornadoes. Dude. I got a
1: friend who owns a, a paintless dent repair business. He makes a killing <laughs> out there. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. lives out in that area. He just makes a killing out there.
2: Yeah, if you own a, one of those types or like a, a roofing company, man, yep. you want to move down here. Yeah, this is where you go.
1: Well, I, you know, Texas and Florida are sounding like paradise to me right now. So, <laughs>
2: yeah, I can imagine you're in California, right? <laughs> I'm in liberal yeah. hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, you're in, you're in like. You're in like a dystopian future. It's uh-huh. really bad over there. Well,
1: if this is the future, let me talk to you guys from the past and let you know it's not all it's cracked up to be, brother. Oh you man! You need to
2: move, dude. Get out of there.
1: Um,
3: that's the plan for me, at yeah. least. You know.
2: Well, praise God, get out of there. Yeah, yeah. I
1: have a uh, I have a job that's keeping me here. So. Yeah. I can't, I can't I just up and move. Yeah. I'd, really yeah. like <laughs> I'd really like to. I'd really like to.
3: It's funny with uh, people that have been at a church for a long time and they, they retire, and next thing you know, they're
1: they're not at church anymore. They're gone. <laughs> they're not in California anymore. <laughs> we're, 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 they're like, we're going to glory. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to heaven. Yeah. Yeah. You
3: know, there was... Uh, a couple that came back to move their daughter to Tennessee, and you could just see, like, yeah, we're gonna be here a couple days. You know, we're not, we're not staying mm-hmm. long here. We love Tennessee. So, yeah. uh, Denson came out with a new single, Vapor, which I just love. Mm-hmm. It's a rocker. Yes, thank you. And I, thank I, you. This is what I got out of it: that life is just a vapor, and you should be, you know heading towards, you know, just Christ and developing your walk as fast as you can and try to minister to many people as you can because life is, is very short and it's just a vapor. I don't know if you meant it that way, but that's what I got out of it and very powerful message to me.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, you pretty much nailed most of it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a, it's a verse from James, you know, life is but a vapor. Uh, There's reference to that in like Proverbs and stuff. Uh, But yeah, you know, we've all lost, you know, people close to us at even, you know, younger ages. My brother was 36 when he passed unexpectedly you know we've all and you know when you're young you don't think about death because you just think you've got the whole world ahead of you and everything but uh life is short life is precious it can end you know and, and when you look at the like compared to eternity i always heard someone say this like if you stretch the line as far as you can see from east to west and you just put a little bitty pinprick on one of that point that's your life in reference to eternity, well, however long you actually, you know, live on this world. But yeah, the song's about that. It's about the first part of the song is kind of uh about the gospel repent believe who we are and our conditions before becoming uh believers you know we're, we're actually the bible talks about we're running from the light we don't like god we're, we we don't like this you know we love the darkness rather than light and then we have the middle section which is basically our a statement of faith but i'll get i'll, I'll get out alive by the blood of jesus christ and then the last half of the song is pretty the closest thing we've written uh, to like a, a praise and worship song. It's got uh, a, a a nice melody. It's basically talking about you know when you when you die and you do wake up and you're in heaven, you know, and uh that side of it. So it's kind of like three parts in one song. um we we enjoyed it. we we found it interesting uh when we wrote it because it was kind of like this I had I had uh, the verse part and I had the end part, that chorus, and I, I sent it off to Keegan because Keegan was helping write this. And I was like, I don't know, man. I think we got two songs. And he's like, no, dude, this is too good. We're going to make this one song. And I was like, okay, let's see what happens. And I sent sent some of the stuff to Cameron, our guitar player. He came back with a little bit of some changes and tweaks. And that's kind of how we always write anyway as a band. We've always been like, uh, if I have an idea, it's never 100% going to be that idea. Everybody throws in, changes some things, tweaks some things. And it's a really wonderful way to write songs, I think, instead of, you know, it gives everybody a piece of that, that song. But anyway, that's how it kind of happened. We rearranged it. It came out with this song. I love it. I think it's our best song that we've written so far. And uh, I love the message. So,
1: well, it's definitely, it. it's definitely the hardest you guys have done so far, I think.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I've heard people say, "Oh, sovereign," or another thing we did a few uh, last year was pretty hard, and it has its moments. Definitely, it's pretty heavy. Um, but I don't know, man. I think I'm with you. I think this is heavy in its own way. I don't know how to if yeah. explaining that right. Yeah. <laughs> and that that three in one thing. <laughs> the three three and one thing. Well, I wonder if they got that idea,
1: you know. Mm-hmm. Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, you right. said you said uh Keegan helped uh write the song, but uh Keegan's not with mm-hmm. you anymore.
2: Yeah, that's right. He was our drummer, our producer, engineer, you know, guy. He tracked everything. It was, you know, everything we've done has been in-house except for our first EP where we sent off we we flew to Nashville and worked with Josiah from Disciple to do a vocal tracking, and we've had we've had a Josiah mix and master. We've had uh, a Orr, who is the is the man who did this song. Here's the letting everybody know we actually recorded these three. We have recorded three songs last summer, and then we had some things pop up with Keegan and our guitar player Philip. Uh, both had to step back from the band as being active members, and uh, I've already we've we made a post and we've talked about it. Everything's cool. Like Keegan's my best friend. They didn't get uh, we, in a fight we, over
1: guitar cables or something like that, no, and he had to no, kick no, them out of the band. No.
2: Nobody did nothing to nobody, yeah. You know, it's, we don't have a crazy story, you know, but uh, you want me to yeah, make was, one up for you? Yeah, yeah, let's go. <laughs> we, we probably could help us actually. You know, I don't know about you guys. I remember uh, when poison, uh, the, the band poison back in the day when uh, CC Deville left the band and they replaced him with uh. Richie Kotzen, Right. And uh, Richie did an album with him, but he got kicked out on the tour because he was sleeping with <laughs> the drummer's fiance <laughs> right, and he got busted. And they were like,
1: out
5: of
2: here. Yeah. But I mean, no, it's nothing dramatic. You know, CC
1: would never do that.
2: Snorting <laughs> <laughs> half of Columbia, you know, you ain't going to do that. Yeah. You know,
1: I, uh, I, I have always liked CC DeVille and some, I've seen some videos uh, apparently he's, I don't want to say he's given his life to Christ, although he proclaims yeah. that, but he's definitely oh, right. okay. he's definitely more spiritual than he, he used to be.
2: Man, he looks different, doesn't he? Um, I mean, you know, when they've been this, uh, what was that? I, he, Def Leppard, Motley Crew, Poison, right, that tour they did, yeah. and I saw some live footage of him. I was like, man, he don't even look the he same. He doesn't look the you same, he's but. He's up, his hair's different, everything. His
1: hair's different, he's going for that scruffy look, but. Um, yeah, it's the best he's ever looked as far as being healthy.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, <laughs> and a great guitar player too. Now, yeah. um, uh, when, uh, when you guys were originally on the show, we had Deacon on the show and now Keegan was on the show and now he's gone. So when are you going to be leaving the band? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. You, now that you say this, it's a little, uh, uh, like I said, I don't know. I, this is bad <laughs> luck here. It's like, don't do rock salt because we lose a member. And that, just, Every single time, man. Yeah. You know? yeah. They
1: were a great well, band was, with a great busy, future ahead man. of them until they met Dave and Aaron. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Right, So I guess Cam's going to go solo and just make it like an instrumental.
1: Well, is, uh, is Keegan out doing the coffee house tour solo
2: tour? Is that what he's doing? <laughs> no, no, he's not. That would be great though. It would be. Uh, no, he's doing a lot of baseball coaching and stuff and, you know, and just spending time with his family. But yeah, no, he's not the coffee house. Keegan, uh coffee shop tour isn't happening. No, but that would be funny.
1: That's unfortunate. Just, yeah, to, just yeah. to see him, like, take a stool into a Denny's or something and just, you know, post up and start singing.
2: <laughs> that would be great. Wouldn't Let me it? tell you, I'm going to – I hope he, – he will be watching this, I'm sure. So, we'll, all right. we'll, you know, you heard, you heard us, Keegan. Yeah, you jot that, that down,
1: out. Keegan. That's a great idea. <laughs> and,
3: then, and from talking to him and all that, he – I would say – if. It was like he lost a bet or something like that. He'd go right into the ditties, (laughs) right into
2: the ditties, get the guitar, and hey, I'm here performing. You don't book
1: dates, you just show up.
2: Yeah, you just show up. I mean, you got at least probably 20 minutes before the cops show up. Exactly. You got time. Exactly. You got
1: a little bit of time, but you got to be ready too. You know, you got to have your stool ready, your guitar ready. Just walk in, boom, sit down and start playing. Absolutely. Um, Before anybody, figures out what's going on yeah <laughs> well um it's hilarious so we're gonna do the new song here right yeah all right and Sweet. the name of the name of the new song is vapor vapor and it's uh you well, you can stream it wherever you stream music i'm sure yep all right this is dead sin on the rock salt muse experience thanks for coming on the show brian all right thank you
0: Keegan from Dead Sin, and you're listening to Rock Salt Radio.
1: So in San Francisco, they are um, recommending reparations, and number one, you have to be a qualified black person. They say black person because they don't specify what part of the world you have to be from. Okay, what
6: does a qualified black person? Well, you have
1: to live. You have to have lived in San Francisco for a certain amount of time. That's one of the biggest qualifications. Um I don't know what the others are right off the top of my head I didn't what, read them. What percentage black do you have to be? That's they don't touch they don't touch on any of that. They don't touch, they don't any. Don't touch okay. on any of that. So, um then uh you have to uh, uh, what they want to give is 5 million dollars initial payment, 5 million dollars. Housing. And now I'm going to tell you Uh, I don't care what they say in the newspapers, this housing that they're offering in San Francisco is worth about what they're asking, which is $1, $1 housing. $95,000 annually for life? No, 250 years. (laughs) To a tune, to a tune of what did they say was like, $14 14 trillion dollars or something like that for a, a a a city that has an annual budget of like 14 billion dollars or something something ridiculous something they can never ever in their life gather enough money to pay for and and then to top it all off what i find i oh you, you. <laughs> yeah you what what i find funny <laughs> Well, what I find funny is um, this, I, I don't know her name, and that's okay because I don't care to give her the the uh, attention, but uh, this woman was being interviewed on a podcast, and she is a hardcore uh, black rights militant, I guess. You know, she's involved with all kinds of activism and, and all of that, right? Right. And the white man uh, enslaved the black man 200 years ago, and now every white man needs to pay for that. So uh, the the catch, the, the gimmick on this show, and I love this gimmick, man, I wish I had thought of it, um, was the people that come on have DNA tests to find out their history. <laughs> come to find out, and this is what they told her. I should have kept a clip of this. They told her, uh, your ancestors were the first settlers that came over on the Mayflower. <laughs> And her response, (laughs) let me reenact her response for you. Aaron, you tell me that my ancestors came over on the Mayflower. Um, The results of the test were your ancestors came
3: over on the Mayflower. No.
1: No, they didn't. It can't be. That didn't happen.
3: I see. <laughs> I see she's written. Uh, and by she's the read way. The book, by the she's way. read the book. Yeah. Clinton's, uh, Clinton's. you know, book of denials. Yeah. So, Denial. uh,
1: uh, so my question then would be, well, <laughs> wait a minute. You don't earn the $5 million and all the other uh, 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 consolation prizes that California wants to hand out. You don't win that. Because your family wasn't enslaved. <laughs>
6: Dude, oh. talking about an absolute smack in the face. First of all, here's my question: So, did did it spe- uh, specify with African Americans? I mean, if you go black. Uh, are we talking about African Americans? Are we talking about Haitians? Are we talking about Swahilians? Like, what are we talking about? <laughs>
3: Compensated. First Jermaine, of all, that's so broad, dude. Yeah. Jermaine, so broad. the qualifications I've read—you, you, ha, you know—you had to take a DNA test. You had to prove y- y- your family was a part of slavery.
1: It, it, th- there are. There's a lot of hoops to jump through. To jump through, and there's going to be a lot of upset, and rightfully so, misled African Americans, Black people colored people, however you want to call it. I I don't understand, the. by the way, the people of color versus colored people. Colored people is a racist term, but people of color is not. <laughs> don't, I don't understand, understand that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not saying colored people is a right term or correct term. I just, I don't understand why this one's okay, but that one's not, and they say essentially the same thing. <laughs> um, Dude, that's but, never
6: going, first of all, that's not even ever going to work. But like, can you imagine... Like you said earlier, the trillions of dollars that would have to go out for something like that to never to work. And the
4: going of that, yeah, to it's never going to happen.
1: No, I mean the constitutional. Yeah. Uh, uh, what do I want to say? The uh, um, um, constitutional uh, uh, adversaries. Uh, um, you know, it's going to go to court. Oh yeah, right. It's going to go to court, and it's going to be tied up for years. But let's let's just say we live in a world of unicorns. Where uh, everything is works out just the way we want it to, okay? And I say that as a collective people in America. Um, <clears throat> uh, well, on paper, it doesn't work. It doesn't work, okay? Because you got to look at the cost. But on a different level, it doesn't work because um, what about the Native American? Yeah. What about careful. the Chinese slave trade that we had here in America? Mm-hmm. What about the Irish slave trade? Mm-hmm. So yeah, at I the core at the core of this is what I always come back to. It's not based on slavery or someone violating someone else's civil rights. It's based on the color of your skin. Mm-hmm. Which is always racist, whether it's basing it on the color of your skin in favor of a a white man, or a black man, or an Asian man, or whatever color of the skin you want to, you know, whatever palette. Wow. What is that? (laughs) He's yelling at his dog. He muted it and yelled at his dog. Oh, I see. (laughs) So... Uh, anybody that knows me knows that I'm against racism. I'm against diversity because I think <laughs> diversity right. is a, is a bad word. You want to know why? Cause it's there to divide. True. Diversity means we are breaking everybody up into their uh, respective colored skin groups or uh, ideologies mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Diversity is a bad word. Unity. Unity is the word. You want to send some people to unity training? I'm all for that. Because we need to stop looking at the color of everybody's skin. Or who they like to uh, date. I don't mind like a
3: band or whatever going, hey, we're a device, uh, diverse uh, people up here on stage. We come from different backgrounds and... And skin colors and all of those things. What I don't like is, you know, we, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, we can't hire you because you're white and we, to fill this uh, quota, we got to well, hire somebody else. As a, diverse.
1: Uh, as a uh, victim of reverse discre- discrimination, and the only reason I won't name the company is because um, I'm afraid it might get sued. Is uh, I was working for a company. I had over 15 years experience doing the job I got hired for. They hired a quote unquote person of color because it doesn't matter the color of their skin. This was a good guy and a friend of mine. But I trained him. I trained him. I have 15 years experience, one year on the job. And they hired this guy and I trained him. And he thought he was making more money than me, and he disclosed how much he made. Far more than what I made. Far more. Wow! Wow. When I confronted management about it, their initial response was, how do you know that? I said, well, because he told me. (laughs) And they said, well, he wasn't supposed to tell you. I said, well, that doesn't really matter. Is it true? And yes, it's true and they tried to cover it up with well that's just the new hiring wage i said oh well then i guess you should bump me up there then if you're hiring people at a higher wage than me then i sh- in all equality am i right equity and equality i should be making the same amount of money yep am i right
3: i i left the job because of that okay i heard they hired somebody with more money and then I went and found a new job, and they got all mad. Like, why didn't you tell us you were looking for a new job? I'm like, why didn't you tell me so-and-so was waking, making more money than me? Or give me a raise? So, uh,
1: uh, uh, yeah, I, I guess this is this is my two weeks. Yeah, so um, another person there was a person of color who is a friend of mine. We were talking, and he asked me not to, not to get into the details, so I won't get into the details of it but he acknowledged that while I had trained him as well and he had zero experience, he was making significantly more than me. Do we see a, do we see a pattern? Yep. Do we see a pattern? Um, I scream reverse racism. You know what the response was from my boss? I know you think this is some sort of, uh, uh, what are they, what's the, the PC term for it? Um, uh, where you try to have enough people on, uh, enough, uh, uh, minorities on the, Oh, I, you know what it's called. Uh,
3: yeah.
6: Uh, dang, I just said it the other day to somebody.
1: Yeah. But you know, uh, uh it meeting the quota, essentially, I forget what the term is, but, um, he says you, you think it, and it's not that at all. It's not that at all. It's, that the, it's uh, the fact that he had a uh, military record. I said, really, how does a military record uh, pertain to this job? I've been on the job 15 years, longer than he's been in the military. So, affirmative action, that's the word. Yes. Or term. He, I know you think this is some sort of affirmative action thing. It's only because he was in the military. Okay, well, what about the other dude that I trained? He wasn't in the military. What was his, uh, you know, reason? Oh, you got us. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And uh, truth be told, if I didn't need the money to support myself in this uh, uh, overpriced wasteland called California, um, I would have pushed the. Uh, I would have pushed it. I would have gotten an attorney. But, uh, you know, that can be difficult to prove and I wouldn't have had a job. So um, but fact of the matter is, I don't I don't care as long as we're truly being equal and united. Yep. That diverse united. Yeah, true. You know yep. what? I, I had this topic. It's interesting that we can we got on all this because I have a topic that I want to bring up. And let's do it in the next break. It's along the lines of diversity. Okay. All right. You good with that, uh, sexy beast? Yeah, man. All right. (laughs) All right. Rock Salt MuseCast experience.
2: Hey, this is P-Punk, bass player for Faithhead, and you're listening to Rock Salt. But I don't really understand why it's called Rock Salt because they're not making any ice cream. So don't expect anything
1: good. Rock Salt MuseCast experience. Aaron, Dave, and Jermaine No, Patrick. ADP.
3: It's an ADJ
1: is. today. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, Jermaine? <laughs> you sexy beast? Hey, I hey. am the sexy beast. You are the sexy beast. <laughs> I'm the sexy beast from the East. Wait, what's up with the sexy beast name?
6: Man, okay. So, sexy beast started literally when I was in high school. Uh, one of my homegirls actually kind of started it. And I said something one day about, Hey, I'm the sexy beast. I put it on my little, uh, uh, hi, I am. And I was like, sexy beast. And so she was like, Oh my God, you could totally pull off the sexy beast of the East. Let that be your thing forever. So literally since I have been like 15 years old,
1: it's like she anointed you. I know this will be your name forever. (laughs) You are, you are forever known as sexy beast. (laughs) Now, was there
3: a wrestler whose nickname was Sexy Chocolate? No, I
1: don't believe so. Okay. There was uh there was The Godfather. Oh, and uh, Sexual Chocolate. That sexual was uh, chocolate. that was okay. that was WWE yeah, Attitude chocolate. error. Sexual. I loved Sexual Chocolate and 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 The Godfather. <laughs> well, Sexual Chocolate's from uh Oh,
3: Daddy Murphy coming <laughs> to America. Oh, and, okay. <laughs> Remember the song "Sexual Chocolate"? Yeah, it was so and so, and his band was called "Sexual Chocolate." Oh, okay.
1: Oh my god, been here since I've seen that movie. So, oh,
3: man, that,
6: oh my god, that movie is
1: comedy gold, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh. so that's where the sexy beast comes from.
6: Yes. So it came, uh, actually, I was at
3: Bandcamp one year and Sexy Beast. It all
1: happens at Bandcamp, Aaron.
3: (laughs) This one time at (laughs) Bandcamp. I thought what happens at Bandcamp stays at (laughs) (laughs) Bandcamp. I guess guess not. So So after that,
6: I started using Sexy Beast for everything. Dude, literally, literally, I use it in restaurants. So, you know how when you go into a restaurant and they're like, um, hi, what's your name, sir? Then I'm like, uh, Sexy Beast. And most of them will either die laughing or some of them will be like, oh my God, I can't say that.
1: (laughs) Just go, just go, yeah, that's my name. First name, Sexy, last name, Beast. I don't know. Hey, look, my parents, they were kind of hippie-like. I don't know what to tell you. Most of them will use it, and it's so hilarious because
6: some of them will either say it themselves or they'll get somebody else to, that has to call the names out to call it out, and they'll be like, no, nah, no one can do Sexy this for Mr. a table
1: of four, Mr. Sexy Beast, bees, yeah. Beast Party, Beast Party of four, <laughs>
6: Beast Party of
4: four, now,
1: I've got a friend, and he, he, yeah, I mean, if he was on right now, he'd tell a story, but. Uh, So he's not going to mind me mentioning this, but uh, uh, I made this friend back in the late 80s when I was at one of my first radio stations. I was an intern, and uh, there was a group of us that just kind of all hung together. And this guy's name, no joke, for real, seen his driver's license, William Shakespeare. Went by Bill. (laughs) no way yep goes by goes by bill shakespeare and I'll, i'll even give him a shout out if you're on live 365 and if you're not go get the app and get on live 365 uh his station i believe is called the totally 80s retro station um and uh he does old school if you liked like listening to the radio in the 80s not just the music but the djs and stuff that's what he does he just kind of relives that, and it's fantastic. So, um, But anyhow, anyhow, Bill, I remember this. We were at his apartment one night, and uh, we had all decided that ah, we're going to have a pizza delivered. So since I was at his apartment, I was giving all of his information, like his phone number and his name and all of that. So I, they said, okay, we need a name for it. I said, Bill Shakespeare. And they said, no, what we need a real name. And I'm like, that's the real name, bro. He hung up on me.
4: I did. We didn't get wow. pizza that
1: night. Well. Wow. <laughs> because people didn't believe well. his name was William Shakespeare. <laughs> that is crazy, man. Right? That's hilarious,
6: actually. Like I could, I had a, uh, I know somebody who I went to school with where his name was literally Bruce Wayne, and nobody believed. Him. <laughs> <laughs> um I was like why would your parents set you up for failure, man? Well, <laughs> now uh, you got to
1: <laughs> I have by the way, I well I have one friend, his name is Ricky Martin. And, oh my god. And one of my best friends named her son Ricky, her last name Martin. <laughs> so I know two Ricky Martins. I see. <laughs> Um, So you got a story about well, we were talking about diversity and and all of that. And and, um, I don't think anybody here would argue the point that entertainment has become uninteresting lately due to um, uh, we've got to meet all the social (laughs) political goals, I guess. I don't know, you know, how else to put it. But, uh, you know, we got to make sure that all the all the boxes are checked, right? Mm-hmm. So uh the other day I jumped on Tubi, which by the way, are, are either of you on Tubi? No. Okay. Tubi. Great free TV app. Lots of old stuff on there. Oh, okay. And the Babylon I had it, but I have to delete it. Oh, well, get it again. <laughs> um but uh Tubi uh Babylon B even did a little uh, a picture thing. You know, they're very satire. Uh it shows this guy in uh, in like an old Blockbuster grabbing all these videos and stuff, he says Tubi CEO goes to buy more used DVDs to upload to Tubi. <laughs> so that's kind of the that's kind of the the vibe of Tubi, okay? But you can find some great old shows like I found and I went, I haven't watched this since the eighties. I'm gonna watch this. You know this show? Oh yeah. I know you do. I'm not sure if Jermaine knows.
4: Welcome back.
1: You know, welcome back, Cotter. Yes, yes. I can't
4: hear the the, the oh. Oh, Okay.
1: So, um, Welcome Back Cotter. I turned on Welcome Back Cotter. And I, I I was, I don't know, maybe ten minutes into the show and I went, um, this cast is completely diverse completely diverse. There was a black guy. There's a Jewish Puerto Rican. There is a Jewish gay guy. Now they never say that he's gay, but just watch horse Shack. You know, he's gay. There's a, there's a white woman. And then there's the Guido John Travolta. Okay. And I know uh, even Guido is a, a, what a bad term now, or it's the only way I know to describe that character, okay? But um, anyways,
6: don't want to be
1: called Guidos anymore? Yeah, I don't know, something about that. I don't know. Uh, didn't, uh, didn't, uh, that, didn't that CNN guy get all upset about somebody calling him Fredo or something like that? Yeah. Cuomo? Yeah. Who anyways cares? yeah, who cares? But I'm sitting there watching it and I go, I couldn't find a more diverse cast than what is on the TV in the '70s. That is an entirely diverse cast. I think it was a top 10 show back then. It was. You can't argue with the diversity of that cast. I'll tell you what else I noticed about that cast and its diversity. Not one member on that cast was going, or character, I should say. Look at me. Look at me. I'm gay. Look at me. I'm Jewish. Look at me. I'm black. Look at me. I'm a queen. None of them. They were unified. Mm -hmm. They were unified. They were the Sweathogs. They were brothers and sisters. Yep. Nobody cared on that show that uh, Boom Boom Washington was black. No one cared. As kids, we loved Boom Boom Washington. We talked about him at school. We probably loved him better than the John Travolta character. Horshack was just funny. Because it tapped into... You know the awkwardness of, of that every child is dealt with, right? So, um, and then on top of it all, the, I watched the very first episode, and uh, the uh, uh, Cotter walks into the to the uh, classroom, and these the sweat hogs have painted a mural on the wall, and he's like, "What is this?" And he says the. Travolta says it's the history or the story of the sweat hogs. And so Cotter, he, uh, he goes, Oh, I see it. Cause he was a sweat hog. Welcome back. That's where it all comes from. Um, and he goes, Oh, I see. Here's me on my first day at the job and here's me going to school and here's me doing this. And here- I get it now. And he goes, uh, you know, the best thing about this mural is when you guys go and clean all this junk up. And I thought to myself, well, that would never be on TV today because people would go, these kids, they just, they wanted to paint him a mural and he called it junk and how dare he? That's not very, uh, you know, inclusive or no, it's just the way it was. It was, uh, this is a, a classroom for learning. That's, that's it. We have a rule. You don't do this. There you go. No, I don't give you a pass on the rule. Because it's the rule. Here it is. Pretty much. Uh, That was just the one episode. But uh, do you you guys agree?
6: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I wanted to chime back on something you said a a minute ago with uh, no one caring about those characters being what those characters were and them being unified and stuff like that. Uh, Our military, I, I love one of the codes of our military, if you talk to anybody who was a vet, even a vet back, way back when, I've talked to a lot of uh, people who were like in the Vietnam war, or even some people from World War II and all. And they'll tell you in a minute, uh, when my life was at stake or when one of my soldiers' life was at stake, we didn't care what the color of their skin was. right? right. <laughs> he was like, he was like in war, we we forgot what racism was because we, we couldn't just leave our brother behind or just leave them in the, Leave them behind if they were injured or hurt or in danger. We went after them. We didn't care the or color of their skin. Same thing for them. They cared for us. Uh, the color of their skin only mattered on American soil. So, yeah, like uh, well, when they got home. Yeah, when they got home, that's when they had to deal with all that stuff. It wasn't like that when they were away and had to be around each other twenty four seven and watch out for each other's backs and and had to serve each other and and be there for each other and actually call each other brothers. Right. it's a whole different type of thing, and I, I don't know, man. I, I we've gotten so bent out of shape, and and we. I'm a person who is all about change, all about advancing. I'm 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 the kind of guy who wants to do something with my music where it'll open up platforms where I get to speak and and be able to unify this world in any way possible. So I'm about change and I'm about advancement, but certain things, man, you just, why change them? Because, because somebody's feelings are going to be hurt. It's <laughs> like, like everybody's like, dude, everybody's different. There's people that have thick thick skin and it seems like they're impenetrable so their feelings can't hurt. Then there's people that I'll use an example for me and my brothers, me, like you can say whatever to me and it, Sometimes I understand it won't even bother me, but mm-hmm. I have a little brother. Like, if you sneeze in his direction, like he's he's going to get hurt and offended. That's just <laughs> how he is as a. That's just how he is as a person. Right. It, it doesn't make him less than me just but, because he gets offended. But let me uh, ask you something.
1: Let me ask you something along those lines. Is. um, i uh, I tend to read a lot into what people say, and sometimes sometimes I'm dead on the mark and sometimes I'm way off the mark because I read too much into it. Mm-hmm. But um, do you think and I'll'll uh, this is along the lines of what you were just explaining with your with your brother, but uh, I'll use me as an example is do you think that I should expect Everybody else to know that about me that if you say something a certain way to me, that I'll take it the wrong way and I'll get my feelings hurt. Do you think that I should expect you and Aaron and Patrick and everybody else that doesn't know me to change the way you speak? Or do you think the right thing to do? Is to come to me and go, look, dude, I know you got this thing, man. (laughs) Um, You need to knock it off because you're pissing us all off.
6: (laughs) I think (laughs) it's, I think people need to do exactly that. See me, I'm, I'm a very outspoken person and uh, which is the opposite of how I used to be. I used to be extremely passive. So I used to kind of tread lightly when speaking to people, I, I would, because naturally, naturally, I'm an encourager. It's the spiritual gift that God has gifted me with is to encourage people, motivate people, help people to, uh, help, uh, help people to push and go and grow. And, uh, and so it used to make me really passive. So on a spiritual sense, the Lord told me to go speak to somebody one day, and they were a friend of mine. And he told me very specifically some stuff I needed to say to them. And I was footed over what I had to say to them dude, I couldn't sleep for, for night and one morning when I was spending time with the Lord, uh, Holy Spirit asked me, he was like, do you love this person? And I said, Lord, yes, of course I love that person. And he was like, why were you not real with them? Why did you not tell them what I told you to tell them? And so I had to go back to that person and first of all, repent to that person and then second of all, tell them exactly what the Lord told me. Now there's times, like, the Lord, if you look at even into the Bible, Jesus dealt with people in different ways and in some ways he calmed the crowd by making them uh, consider their own sins before stoning the woman. And then, in other ways, the Samaritan woman, he was like, "Yo, bro, I know what you've been doing. Like, <laughs> hey, like this is what you've been doing. So let's redirect ourselves and re- realign ourselves. So you got to. There, there's just a way, man. Like some people, you have to know. You have to know the battle that you're getting yourself into. If you're going to correct people, correct people." If you love people, correct people. People get bent out of shape with correction because they feel like they're being rejected. But here's the thing, and I, I, this is what I tell non-Christians when they talk to me about certain issues and stuff like that. I always ask them, I was like, I, well, I always tell them, I love you, and I was like, consider this. Uh, if you have a child and you see your child doing something wrong, are you going to let them continue to be wrong when you see they're about to get hurt? or you going to correct the action now so they do not hurt themselves in the long run. And I was like that's the same thing with the word of god. It's like the word of god isn't rejecting you. The word of god is accepting you in, in so many ways. And what we are doing is correcting an action that the bible says is an
3: abomination. Well, I find
1: this I find that. this interesting. This wasn't really was not where I was intending the conversation to go, but, but it's good conversation. Right? But uh, yeah, good I, conversation. I did I do find this interesting. That um, And by the way, I am approaching this from a completely center line, um, logical type of viewpoint. I'm not, I'm not uh, looking at this from the conservative viewpoint. I'm not looking at this from the cr- Christian viewpoint. I'm just looking at it as a factual viewpoint. Okay? Um, right. The Bible says uh, man should not lay with another man. It's in the Bible, right? We all agree to that? Correct. Okay. Um, it also says that you should avoid women when it's their time of the month, <laughs> which just goes to show Bible was, you know, pinned by a man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, the uh, inspired by God, pinned yes. by a man. Yes. Um. Anyways, <laughs> that's just my joke. I, the um, uh, but you have churches, including uh, the Pope, I think, right? Didn't he come out in support of gay marriages and unions? I, yeah, I believe he the, did. The current okay. Pope. Um, so, yeah. uh, there's a lot of a lot of churches because I, I the one that pops into my head is Lutheran, and I may be totally wrong about that, but I mean it's kind of across the spectrum now that a lot of churches are saying, um, you know, it's okay because God t- told us to love everyone, so it's okay if you go do that and you're welcome here. And I'm not saying that they're not welcome. It's not what I'm saying. But I think it goes back to what you were saying, Jermaine, accepting without correcting.
6: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. There, you can accept people for who they are, and still correct them in love. And I think that's what Jesus taught all of us exactly is how to accept everybody, despite what the, the social spheres telling us uh, to do and how to be and all that stuff. But also loving them into a new life and stuff like that. Like there's, there's people that get saved all the time because there's somebody who literally genuinely walks the walk, talks the talk. And comes to people in the right manner at the right time to do what they are supposed to, uh, to correct them in such a way that it transforms their life and stuff. So there's people that literally genuinely don't know anything. Like, I, I've even talked to people, and it, I remember the first time years ago when I talked to somebody who never even heard of Jesus in America, in America, never heard of Jesus, and it blew my mind. 'Cause I thought at least in America everybody's heard of right. Jesus or they You never, never heard of the
1: dude, Aaron?
6: <laughs> they they never heard the gospel in their life. And it, it it was a revolution for me. Like, oh my God, dude, like what am I really doing? Like like how important how it made me feel like God, like they're really I really need to spend time with you every day so that I can make sure that I am that light and I am that example uh, to lead people to Christ every day because, like, to go to a, a different city and literally have this guy's eyes open up so big because he was he so full of wonder because he's never heard of Jesus in his yeah. life. It blew my mind.
1: Well, let so, me... Oh, sorry. I thought you were done. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Cool, cool, cool. Well, you know, let me, uh, let me clarify my statements, which when I say, uh, correcting, I'm not talking about like conversion therapy or anything like that. I'm a, I, am I, I when I say correcting, I mean like, um, fact being factual here. Uh, I have lots of friends that are gay. I have some friends that are married to the same sex. I'm trying to think of ways to clean it up. Um, those people are still my friends. Right. I, accept, I accept them. I don't make judgments because it's not my life to live. However, right. when they want to bring up religion or the Bible or how God wants, and I go, well, here's what the Bible says. You're, you're incorrect. Yeah. You're incorrect. And yeah. I, I don't know what else to tell you. Because it's not mine. I didn't say it. It's in the Bible, man. I I, I don't know what else to tell you. So while I'm not uh, uh, disparaging anybody or anything like that or saying that they're not welcome in churches or anything, all I'm saying is being factual, (laughs) is this is what God said, and this is what's in the Bible. However you want to interpret it is up to you. Uh, To give another example of the same sort of thing, um I was speaking to somebody that I knew. This was years ago. And he was talking about uh well, he would go on all the time about what a Christian he was. Goes to church every Sunday, believes the Bible, reads his Bible, blah blah blah. Okay? Um but then he he one day he's telling me how he believes in evolution. And I went, "Well, how can he believe in evolution?" And he said, "Well, uh you know and he started to explain it to me i said well no that's not what i'm getting at i understand the theory of revolution i understand the big bang theory and i understand uh, uh what the bible says uh when it comes to me myself uh, uh i believe the bible however i wasn't there <laughs> so they're called theories for a reason because we weren't there we don't know beyond the bible I'm just speaking scientifically for a fact, what happened? Okay. Scientifically speaking. Right. Okay. Am I being clear on that? Correct. Okay. Thank you.
6: Yeah. So, and this is where, uh, this is where I get to the differences in the way Jesus like spoke to those people. Um, it, in the first story with you, you know, the homosexual people, uh, Hey, this is what the Bible says. There's no, they don't know the Lord. They don't have a relationship with the Lord. So correcting them is a little different. You can't, you just, Hey, this is what I believe. This is what the word of God says, but God doesn't hate you because of what you're doing. He loves you. Otherwise he wouldn't have died on the cross for you.
3: But, so he, but, he, but he, he, he does hate the God. sin though. Yeah. He, he hates, hates the sin. sin. We, I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah and maybe maybe that's what's missing in this argument. Well, it just, I, I want to make it clear. He loves the people. He you hates know, hate the, sin. the sin, yes. That's, and that's exactly what I say. Like, God yeah. hates your sin, but he does not
6: hate you. He doesn't hate you as a sinner. He just hates the sin that you're committing. And I explain that. I make sure I explain that and I'm very clear about that. And then I, I, you know, just tell them, like, the gospel in a very loving way and just tell them what it is. Now, for your friend that believes in evolution, the Bible also said this is where he gets corrected because the Bible says you can't serve two masters, my man. Well,
1: yeah, see, and like, I didn't, uh, I didn't, uh, uh get to finish there. And uh, now, no offense. I'm not saying you cut me off. I'm just saying I didn't get yeah. to finish the story, which is, I, I said to him, I said, uh, well, can you explain this? Because you tell me what a Christian you are, which means you're very versed in the Bible and you know what's going on. Right. Okay. So, um, how can you, the, the Bible says that God created the world in seven days, um, technically 6th 7th day you rested right so um uh that does not align with the theory of evolution so how can you say that the bible is the end all be all well except for this and he he had a he had a point of reflection where he was like oh maybe i need to go back and research my stance but um uh it says it's the whole Truth. That's the one thing about the Bible. It's the whole truth. You must take it. So, like this. Well, then yep. that's a good Not question. Good. <laughs> let me let me play devil's advocate. No okay. pun intended. Okay. How do you explain away? <laughs> how do you explain away in the Bible, like mm, the rules on how to treat your slaves?
6: it, it goes back to the time and frame of when it was. I mean, they had slaves back then. It is what it is. So Paul talks about, Hey, uh, slave, uh, slave, respect your masters because Paul also talks about it before Paul talks about, uh, slaves respecting their masters. He also talks about, and you got to also understand this, the word slave in, in the Greek has me servant. It doesn't mean they were necessarily like, play, slave, Slaves. This is interesting that I, this
1: served. is interesting that I heard this this week. And I think I heard it from Ben Shapiro, but I may have heard it from somebody else. Um, which was in those in the biblical days, the slaves were not uh, lifetime beat you on the back, you, you know, chained up slaves like we, we tend to know them as. Uh, it was not that not that it's any better, but it was a it was like a short term contract. Like a seven-year, yeah. you do this, I take care of you, you do this in return, and uh, at the end of the contract, I release you or w- whatever. I'm just explaining how Ben Shapiro explained it, okay?
6: That's exactly how it was. That's exactly how it was. They were servants uh, over slaves. Just the translation says slaves. It's not even they were even really slaves. They were servants. They had a contract they had to fill. They were Uh, maybe their family gave them to somebody who they owed money to for property or because that person saved their life uh, at one point. So they're just trying to return the favor. And so they gave it to them. So what Paul's really saying is uh, going back to Romans first, before that even is talked about in Romans, he talks about we must respect all governing authority because it's appointed by God, all authority, all authority whatsoever is appointed by God, whether whether a good uh, good authority or bad authority. We must trust that it is appointed by God. So even like down to your boss at work, that is your authority. You must show a level of respect because it glorifies God. And it, it, it could be something where they are led to the Lord because of the way you treat them. So when Paul later on talks about, you know, those servants or slaves and stuff means like slaves obey your masters. He's talking about the servants, uh, just making sure you're being obedient. because Paul was in chains too. People forget that Paul was literally in prison and in, in in enslaved at one point too. And, uh, and for him to still say that,
1: well, you know, (laughs) I'm going to tell you honestly that, uh, Paul has a bit of a mouth on him and something tells me if we had body cam footage back in the day, uh, we might feel different about why Paul was imprisoned. Uh, wow. <laughs> Probably Peter.
5: too.
1: <laughs> Probably Peter.
3: Too. <laughs> Probably Peter too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That dude too. Those two, those two together hey, out Peter on the thugs. town, man. Look out. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah. Him and Peter were thugs, man. <laughs> well, this has been an interesting conversation. What, we'll the. Maybe
1: come back to it. it let's to come point. back. No, let's come back in the next break. Cause I, I got even more. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're,
3: we're, we're running along on this podcast. That's but, fine. Uh, okay. All right. So uh, we'll be right back with the uh, closing uh, segment.
1: All right. Rock salt music. Cast
3: experience. Hi, this is Jermaine with Tricord. And you're listening
6: to rock salt music. Cast with Aaron and Dave.
1: Rock salt music. Cast experience. Aaron, Dave, and Jermaine. Get some. Get some. Get some. Get some. <laughs> oh. Oh, I cracked the threshold, Aaron. He's laughing.
3: <laughs>
4: uh. Get some.
3: There we go. Get some. Get, get some. Get some. So to bring this back to our previous,
1: our previous discussion. Hey, we were talking about a lot of hot topics lately. You you, you know, uh, I, I hope I, um, I hope I express myself and, and where I stand on things appropriately. Um, I make a lot of jokes and stuff. And if you got offended, oh well. Yeah. I, I, I don't believe in diversity and I'll say that on the record. I've said it a million times. I don't believe in diversity. I believe in unity. Unity is the only thing that's going to work. Okay? Right. It's the only thing that's going to work. So, um, now, getting back to this Budweiser mess. Oh,
4: my God. (laughs) (laughs) Let
1: me tell you my stand on the Budweiser can. I don't drink Budweiser or Bud Light. I don't drink beer. I don't like the taste of it. I have tried Bud Light, and when everybody says it tastes like something that came out of your body, they're accurate.
6: (laughs) Tastes like cardboard, man.
1: Yeah. So, um, all that said, I really don't care about a Bud Light can. In the grand scheme of things, uh, we're on the verge of World War III. We got a a, 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 a totally incompetent, out-of-his-mind president. And, um, uh, it's just a mess and we're worried about go, I gotta go. I can't answer any questions. Yeah. Uh, hey, go. We're, we're on a, we're on a tirade about a beer can. It makes no sense to me, but uh, you know, here's the thing is, uh, is this, uh, Dylan Mulvaney. I don't even like giving this person, you know, credit or anything.
3: The guy attention, Not this person the guy. Yeah. I it you know, a I'm going to 12-year-old. I'm going to
1: dumb it down even further. This person uh <sighs> every time I I see video, I just go, "What? What? What is going on here? I don't understand this." And maybe that's cuz I'm old. <laughs> I, I just don't understand. I look at the TV with my mouth agape going, "What what, what am I looking at? I don't understand this." Um social media influencer Mm, definition social media influencer definition
3: the the thing is though is
1: social media influencer definition no skills no life skills okay that is a social media influencer yeah but i again it's i
3: don't i can care less either but it it's great to see the free market at work.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, uh, that, that's what uh, I hey, like look, to going uh, on here. you know, the first one to jump on this was, was, uh, 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 what's his name? Kid rock. And he did what I think is so stupid in every boycott and you see everybody do it, which is, Oh, I hate bed light. I'm going to go buy, I don't know, four or six cases of it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I could show everybody how much I hate it. That makes no sense to me. Uh, if you yeah. had it in your fridge kid, then that was the way to do it. Um, It it could have been. It wasn't.
3: (laughs) It wasn't? He went out and
1: bought it. Yes, he bought it. Um, Now, uh, Bud or Anheuser-Busch came out. I've seen this a couple of times. Well, we didn't even produce these cans. We made one can for Dylan. And I said, well, I don't buy that. Because if that were the case, you would have said that day one. You didn't. You waited two weeks to say it. I hope we didn't lose Jermaine. But, um... And then, uh, yeah. okay. Uh, so My that's, outside. she was just texting me. Oh, uh, okay. So that was a lie. Okay. Throw that one away. But, um, Bud light, uh, the boycott sort of worked. It sent the message. I think, look, uh, this woman said, this woman who did, who's responsible for all this said she, uh, thought Bud Light was a frat boy beer. <laughs> and then the pictures of. <laughs> And the, well, she was correct. <laughs> she was correct. Yeah, she is correct. It is yeah. a frat boy beer. Yes. And the uh, the pictures showed up of her partying with those frat boys in her college days as well. <laughs> uh, so if anybody should know what a frat boy beer is, I think she's qualified. Um, but the uh, she said, okay, we need to reach a new audience, blah, blah, blah. All right. Uh, so you decide you are going to... Um, Annoy. I'm trying to think of nice words. Annoy the rest of your customers with this, so you could try to get new customers, and it didn't work. Uh, on was
6: a, poor man, that was so poor. Yeah, dude, on a, when you, I'm on trying a, not to jump ahead of what you're talking about. But, on a, oh a business level,
1: it was just a bad decision.
6: Uh, it was, dude. Most of, you got to know your market. Anytime you do any kind of promotion, advertisement, you got to know your market, dude there want- but Light, like most of their let me tell most you of their, uh, customers what
3: are you saying go Aaron, what well, you're gonna say is think she
1: wanted to get fired no Okay. Uh, this okay. is what I would uh, this if look, if she worked for me, <laughs> which she wouldn't, but if she did, um, and she presented this to me the very first thing I would do, the very first thing I would do, and I'm not even joking is I would go, give me the statistics. Give me the statistics on where we sell the most beer and their political views. Because if I find out it's in the South, in red states, I'm going to go, no, nah, this is a bad idea. If I find out that it's San Francisco, I say go 1,000% from a yep. business standpoint. Because the only, yeah, but- the only color that matters in business is green.
6: Yeah, but see, here's the thing though too, man, like most of the, of Budweiser's customers are, and for black, a better way they say it, are like rednecks and like yeah, frat boys and what? and like manly men. Like why would you do that? Right. <laughs> College kids. Like, well, you know, hey. a couple of days gone.
1: You know what, uh, you know what the sales of have gone up? And I'm not gonna Miller say Light. I saw a. Uh, I'm not gonna say I saw a report or anything. It's just from uh, what I've been hearing around from people going to bars and stuff like that. Uh, you want to take a guess? Coors- what, Light. What are people buying instead of Bud Light? Miller Light. Miller Light. Coors Light. Yep. Natty nanny Light. Pabst Blue Ribbon. Wow. Wow. Pabst Blue Ribbon. Uh, is I that is another cheap beer? It's it's a cheap beer, but. <laughs> I, I don't know I don't know if it's American or not, but the can's red, white, and blue. Oh okay. and that's oh, what people okay. associate with America.
3: Oh, okay. They're switching I, I to PDR.
1: Okay. So uh uh that's where the money that you know, five billion dollars, a lot of money to lose. You're gonna make it back, but yeah, you lost it. That's like going, Hey, I lost the rent payment this month. You know <laughs> you know what it's funny though, is
3: I guess uh John Rich from Big and Rich. Yeah. Um, he owns a uh a bar and he says what's what's happening, I guess, in the bar they just start buying it. Well they they buy it for their buddy who uh has been, you know, crying about something or whatever. You know, let me let me get this loser
1: a a Bud Light or whatever. They're buying it. Well, that's the other know, thing that I... shame somebody else. That's the other thing that I thought of last night when I was talking to my son Shane about this was, um, I said, who wants to be the dude sitting in the bar drinking a Bud Light? It's, mm. it, you know what? It's this contagion that everybody, everybody likes that word. I'm going to tell you, I, th- I think contagion is a really cool word. <laughs> but just as words go, but this this contagion of uh well it starts here Gino said it yesterday everybody says that the first one to stand up is the strongest one and he goes i disagree it's the the one that stands up after him because that's where the the wave comes from yep okay that's good sure so um you know this thing with the light can it's so stupid uh i here's my stance on it i think you should Find a better way, more constructive way to spend your time than arguing over a beer can. I think it's really stupid. I say let Bud Light learn on their own if it's a good decision or a bad decision, and I say let capitalism work. Okay, real
3: fast. Bad decision. And I think me should do a parody. You know, Gavin Newsom's democracy tour sponsored by Bud Light.
1: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> that would be totally funny.
1: Yeah, this this person does not represent. Uh, you know what? I'll put. I'll even put it in a different way. Uh, let's leave out the whole uh, women thing. I don't think this person represents the trans community. Just doesn't. I don't think mm. it does. And I say it. I mean yeah, the whole campaign. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not talking about the person. I'm sorry. I don't know what their pronouns. It's ridiculous, and I think people that are sane uh you know uh get and can think logically and critically uh agree sure.
3: all right all right comes to the end of a great show thank you uh brian from dead sin uh for uh doing the interview a couple weeks ago that um was on top of the show uh why again, you always got to pull back the curtain every well, single week Aaron, you know you got to pull back that curtain <laughs> uh and so, hey,
1: uh, go, look hey, how the sausage is made. Yeah, hey.
3: I don't do it all the time. But this was uh a couple weeks ago. So if we talk about anything that all right, was relevant then and not relevant now, that's okay. Uh hey, go check them out deadsendband.com. Thank you. Thank you, Jerome. I mean, Jermaine. Man. <laughs> oh, oh man. Oh, Talk was, about uh, hey, yeah, Jermaine,
1: you can you can yeah. Wave your finger. That was probably the most racist thing Aaron's ever done. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Thank, you. Boys, thank you. Thank yeah. you.
3: right. I, I'm sorry. I just thank you, Big Sexy. I'll just I'll just do that one I don't forget. <laughs> because that sounds so much better. Uh, thank you for uh, joining the show today, Aaron. And, you know how I remember? Okay, how do you? Jermaine Jackson. Jermaine Jackson. Huh? <laughs> that's the best way to do it. See. <laughs> One of the brothers is just didn't matter. Are you kidding me? You yeah. don't know who Jermaine no. Jackson is. Oh, I know it is. Are you offended, sexy beast? Cause I'm offended. now. No, but I mean, no.
1: <laughs> the, again, my
3: whole, my whole thought about the Jackson five or six let me, or seven. Let me, let me tell you only something. One brother. Everybody. Right, right. Let see. me
1: tell you something right now. Uh, when it comes to the Jackson five, I can't remember all their names, but there's three. I know Michael, Jermaine and Tito. Okay. You could have had the Jackson three.
6: <laughs> yeah, after those three, they're pretty irrelevant. I ain't gonna lie to you. That's days. true.
3: Yeah. And i and with Michael that, Jackson. Yeah, without <laughs> with one, um, they're pretty irrelevant too. <laughs> yeah. But thank you for joining the show. Great time Not today. Talking about some uh touchy subjects. Hot but, topics. Uh, the hot topics.
1: Boy, I hope I didn't offend anybody. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> you know. And right. so I mean hey, if, if you, you by the way, if you're offended by what I say, uh check yourself. You're not that intelligent because you didn't really listen.
3: And if you're offended by what we said today, I guess you haven't heard the shows with
1: Patrick. So <laughs> oh,
3: oh. <laughs> we, we we've had to edit a it, few times. It was by
1: the hand of God that he didn't make it on the show today. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, it is All so right, nice okay. to hear you're laughing. And we've been yeah. away from each other for
1: a little while. Patrick, uh, brother, you're not making it on today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's probably oh, just better that way. <laughs> you know? So,
3: where you at? You build a
6: oh, fence? Yeah. You build a fence? No. The back? Okay. My sister's getting impatient.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Have a good one. And what do we trail, say? God. Happy trails. Happy trails. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my
0: friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. life as it should be. He taught me how to turn my cheek when people laugh at me. I've had friends before and I can tell you that he's one who will never leave you flat. No! Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. (laughs) Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. He taught me how to pray and how to save my soul. He taught me how to praise my God and still play rock and roll. The music may sound different, but the message is the same. It's just an instrument to praise his name. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. Jesus Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is a friend of mine.